be starting into something new here tonight, um, and uh, it's something that's been just kind of on my heart here uh, recently. We finished, um, uh, last week, finished uh, the uh, series we were in for about um, 16 weeks or something like that. Uh, it was uh, the character of the kings. We're looking at the significant uh, kings of, of Israel, and uh, for good, for bad, the ones that had um, some some kind of remarkable or noteworthy character trait, and uh, hopefully that uh, that series was a blessing to you. I don't anticipate that uh, this next series will be um, as as long of a series, but I do want to start into something here uh, this evening, and um, I don't want to uh, get too far ahead of myself. The temptation here is to really uh, get get um, into a lot of depth and detail here tonight, and I'll try not to do that. I've got a lot of weeks to get into these things. Uh, but uh, a series that I want to call, Are You Ready? Um, are you ready for eternity? Are you ready for the Lord's return? Um, are you ready for um, what happens next? Uh, really, the, the afterlife. Um, uh, what it will be to, to step out of this life and into the next, um, either by physical death or by the Lord's uh, return in the event we call the rapture. Um, are you ready for that? And that's a question that, as Christians, we are supposed to live with in the forefront of our minds. That's a question we're supposed to uh, ask ourselves um, every day. And, and, and I dare say it would be good for us to ask ourselves that question um, multiple times during the day um, and moment by moment for us to, uh, to ask that question. Uh, am, am I ready to meet my Savior? And um, in many, many levels to that, and that's kind of what we want to dig into here over the next few weeks is, is the different levels uh, of that question, what that means, um, and then what those, what those uh, things will be. We're going to start in the book of Revelation um, tonight, but really I, I don't intend to spend <clears throat> in the course of this a lot of time just specifically in the book of Revelation because for us as believers, much of what is taking place here on this earth, uh, much, much, much of the book of Revelation is what is taking place here on this earth. And while it is interesting to study, well, it's interesting to um, speculate about, and it certainly is something that um, is, is worth our knowing. Much of what takes place in the book of Revelation um, is not what we are going through um, as believers, as the church. Um, we will be removed from all of these things that are going on here on the earth. We'll be removed from these judgments and from these, uh, from these outpourings of God's wrath, and we'll be removed from the um, oppression um, uh, the most egregious of the oppressions uh, of, of the world and world governments and the one world system. Um, we will miss uh, a good portion of what's going on there. Um, but the early parts of the book of Revelation, and there are, are windows and times and, and views into what is taking place um, in, in really the heavenly timeline that does have to do with us and, and where we will be and what will be going on while we um, are, are in heaven while those, those terrible events are taking place here on this earth. But I do want to start in Revelation because um, the Lord makes an interesting point in introducing the, the book to, uh, the, uh, to, to the churches that it's written to and to us to whom it is written. Um, and I want to read that here in Revelation chapter 1, really just the first part of the book, the first several verses of the book. It says in Revelation chapter 1, um, in verse 1, it says, the, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him uh, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. 
he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and he that uh, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you in peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our own sins, in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. They also which pierced him, and all kindred of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was, and which is to come. Uh, <clears throat> the Bible makes it clear that, that we are living in the last days. And I, I mean that in the, in, in the broadest sense of the term, really everything that took place after the, uh, uh, the earthly ministry and the, uh, the, the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, really everything after that um, is essentially um, the last days. Uh, we are living in the last days. Um, those words were written um, to uh, the the first century Christians, um, and uh, and and they they themselves were living in the last days. They were living in perilous times. Uh, they were living in um, in in full view of the the signs of the times, as far as they could see. They were living with basically all of the signs of the times being um, uh, present and and, and fulfilled. Um, there were some certain aspects of that. Um, that uh, they, they did not know were not being fulfilled, but, but certainly by the end of the first century, um, the gospel had gone pretty far into the, into the known world, and as far as they knew, the gospel had spread to the uttermost parts of the earth, yet it hadn't. Um, we understand that now. But um, even in the first century, um, the first generation of, of Christians, the, 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 the apostles and the first disciples and the early church and the early churches um, uh, throughout the known world then uh, could point to the, uh, to the, the, the signs and, and the, the signs of the times to the nations rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom. They could point to, the, uh, to the, the tragedies and disasters and wars and rumors of wars and all of those things. And they, they truly and genuinely believed um, in the first century that they were living in the last days and that they would not live to see death, but they would live to see this promise here come to pass that Jesus Christ would come again, um, and that the the that coming of the Lord in the clouds, that that coming of Jesus Christ um, in the event called that we call the rapture, um, when He comes in in the clouds and and the the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord um, uh, will be caught up together with them in the air to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Uh, they believed that they would see that come to pass. And every generation of Christians since that time um, has had the same, um, uh, same belief in their heart that, um, that, that things are, are, are bad on this earth and they're getting worse and they're getting worse and that the Lord um, would be more than 
than just and justified and more than timely in, in coming back and uh, receiving his own back to himself. And yet we know that uh, they uh, believed that, they hoped for that, they looked forward to that, and yet it did not happen in their lifetime. It did not happen in their generation. And yet we still believe the same thing. And I think that's, I think that's a good thing. Um, I think that that's a healthy thing for Christians in all ages, um, in all places, to believe that, uh, that at any given day, any given moment, that, that we could be uh, caught up um, to be with the Lord, that, um, that, that this day might not come to a conclusion, um, that, that this, this, uh, this week might not come um, to pass, that, that we might sometime uh, before we meet together again, we might go and be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Um, Mark 13 verses 35 through 37 challenges where it says, Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. The Lord at, at the end of Mark's account of the uh, of the, the, the Olivet Discourse, the, the, the passage where the Lord gives the signs of the times, the things to look for, the things that must come to pass before he returns. Uh, he gives a parable and he challenges his, his disciples uh, to, to watch. And, and by watch, he means be vigilant. He means be awake. He means be paying attention. He means be active and be ready and preparing yourselves for that. Um, the truth of the, uh, of, the, of the return of the Lord. Titus calls it the blessed hope uh, of the, the, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is something that we look forward to and we are supposed to look forward to with joy. Um, in fact, we're challenged in, um, in 2 Thessalonians that that day would not overtake us as a thief, that, that the return of the Lord would... Uh, seem to be as a thief in the night uh, to those who are not ready, who are not watching, but to those who are paying attention, it would be like the, uh, the, the bridegroom coming at midnight in another parable that I'm sure we'll, we'll look at here closely in the coming weeks. Um, to, to those that are waiting and ready and, and prepared, it may seem like he's coming late, but he will come and we will be uh, ready when he comes. We'll be prepared when he comes. And that is the, the challenge of, of, this, of this truth. That is the, the, the central theme of this series I want to get into here. Um, in the passage in Revelation 1, uh, we went to this place because in two places, uh, it gives us certainly an indication here that um, these things, by God's, uh, uh, by God's definition, are going to come shortly to pass. It says in verse 1, it says exactly that, to show unto his servants Things which must shortly come to pass. That, um, that, that these things that are going to take place in the book of Revelation, um, starting really with, with chapter 4, which is a, a picture really of the rapture, and then uh, everything that follows that would be kind of a, the, this, the splitting of, of what is taking place in heaven um, with the, 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 the bride of Christ and the things which are taking place here on earth with those who... Um, did not believe in Jesus Christ and who are left here, left behind here on this earth, um, those things, it says, must shortly come to pass. And that goes about uh, almost 2,000 years ago from when, uh, when Revelation was, was given uh, to John on the Isle of Patmos. 
um, sometime around 100 AD, um, somewhere in that time frame. And so it's been almost 2,000 years, and the Lord said that it must shortly come to pass. Uh, down in verse 4, I'm sorry, down in verse 3, it says, uh, for the time is at hand. To keep those things which are written there, and for the time is at hand. We are living in the last days. The events that are prophesied and described in the book of Revelation and uh, described in other, other places of end times prophecy also are uh, given to us as uh, a, uh, given to us for, I believe, uh, a, a twofold motivation. And for one thing, um, again, um, we are not told what, what is going to happen here on this earth in our absence um, simply for information's sake. Uh, not simply to, to satisfy our curiosity, not, not simply just for an academic or intellectual endeavor um, and, and, and an opportunity to speculate about what things are going to be like, but first and foremost as a, as a motivation, as a warning to, to not be here for it. If we don't know when these events are going to take place uh, and the only way to uh, be assured of avoiding those terrible things that are going to take place during the, the tribulation period here on this earth, uh, the only assurance you can have is to be saved and to have uh, full assurance uh, of your salvation, um, to know that you are um, saved and that you will not be here on the earth when those things take place. Secondly, I believe it's a motivation um, uh, and a challenge to us to uh, make the time that we do have here on this earth count, uh, to realize and to remember that um, we, we have one life, and that one life is relatively short. It's, it's um, in light of eternity. It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Uh, our life is, is fleeting and frail and brief. And, and if we um, waste our lives, as I said this morning, if you waste your time, you're wasting your life. If you waste your life, you'll have nothing of significance to show for it. Um, certainly the most um, important and the, the, the first and foremost thing that we, we prepare for is simply to be in, uh, in heaven with the Lord for all of eternity to be assured of our salvation. But that is not the only thing that we can be conscious of and, and preparing for. And so we are challenged with the book of Revelation and the, the realities of, of the prophecy of the book of Revelation so that we will first and foremost uh, take our own salvation very, very seriously. And then secondly, we will take... Um, the, the work that God has called us to very, very seriously, that we would live with uh, eternity in mind, that we would lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, that we would uh, set our hearts and set our affections on things that are above and not on things that are on this earth, because things that matter last forever and ever, and the things of this earth are not going to last forever and ever. We'll get into the details um, of, of those things, and we'll get into um, some more specifics about some of those other aspects of our preparation tonight. But um, I want to just bear down and focus on that first part here tonight um, uh, by way of introduction. Do you know, if the Lord came back tonight, do you know that you would go to be with him? If for some tragic reason um, you didn't wake up tomorrow morning and you went into eternity in, in the night, do you know, do you have a full assurance of faith that you would go to be with the Lord? There's not a more important question that we can answer than that one. And I'm not um, trying to get someone 
to, to doubt their salvation. I'm not trying to get someone to make um, a, a profession of faith just as um, a matter of, of, of being safe or, or something like that. I'm, I'm, getting, I, I'm, I'm trying to get us all tonight to examine ourselves, to examine our hearts, whether we be in the faith. I'm going to give you some things here tonight to help us do that. Uh, but uh, there, there's many, many out there that, that doubt their salvation. If you're doubting your salvation um, tonight uh, for uh, some undue reason, I want to help to, to put that to rest. If you've trusted Christ and you're simply doubting your salvation for, um, for some, some reason other than that, you are, are not truly saved. If you really are saved, but you're doubting your salvation, I, I hope to give you some assurance that that there's no reason to live in doubt. There's no reason to live in fear. And that's not what God would want for you. But if you're doubting your salvation tonight, and you have, if you have questions about your salvation tonight, and it's because you don't have a, a, a clear um, t- salvation testimony, then I, I, I can challenge you and, and encourage you in no stronger terms um, to, not, to not bed your head tonight uh, without having um, that, that matter settled, without getting... Uh, that that's settled in your heart tonight, according to First Thessalonians chapter four, only those which are asleep in Jesus and and, and those which um, are in Christ but alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will go to meet the Lord in the air. Uh, the rapture is uh, for the saved, and those that are left behind are left behind because they are lost. And there will be people that are left behind, and we're told this, there are people that will be left behind who thought they were saved. Uh, There will be people, obviously, that that will be taken in the rapture that nobody knew they were a Christian. They did not have a Christian testimony, but in their life they experienced salvation. In their life they came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Whether they, they lived it out or not, that is something they'll answer to the Lord for. But there are people, there are people who, who look like they're Christians and talk like they're Christians and act like they're Christians and go to church like they're Christians, and yet they do not know the Lord. Only the saved will go to meet the Lord in the rapture. Uh, the rapture is for those that are saved and have been saved here in this, um, the, these last days, in this New Testament era. Uh, those who are asleep in Jesus are those who uh, uh, were, were saved in their lifetime and then have, have died and they're not dead. They're not. Their life is not over. Um, they are um, uh, to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. Um, but in that rapture, their their bodies will be resurrected. Those that are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord um, will will meet them in the air and meet the Lord in the air. And and, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Um, all the saved will be taken in that event of the rapture. First uh, Corinthians chapter fifteen tells us that this will happen. Um, in a moment, uh, in the twinkling of an eye, um, that, that uh, this, this event will be um, completed, that uh, it will be instantaneous, um, that, that we go to uh, be with the Lord when he calls us up. Uh, saved of all nations will be caught up um, all, all at once. Um, and uh, sometimes it's, it's presented on, on different, uh, um, different movies and, and, and things like that. They've projected what the rapture will be like and they do that for for visual effects and things like that but it will be far different from what is portrayed on movies and in and, and tv and even in, in books and things like that um, it will happen in a in the twinkling of an eye we don't know what the 
the, uh, the, the fallout of that is going to look like. We know that um, when that event takes place, that all of the saved, however many millions or, or, or tens of millions of people that will be, hundreds of millions of people that will be from around the world will be gone uh, in, in, in a moment. And that will certainly be a uh, significant and shocking event here on this earth. But uh, should that event take place, should the rapture happen and, uh, and all of the saved of the earth are gone and, and you are left behind, the only answer to that is that you were not truly born again. Um, you had a false profession of faith. Um, sometimes I think we, we, we think about that in terms of the fact that, that someone is knowingly making a, a false profession of faith. Some, someone is pridefully and intentionally making a false profession of faith. I don't believe that's always the case. I believe that there are some people who, um, who think that, um, that, that they, they've got, uh, they've been, they think that they've been saved, um, but for one reason or another, they, they are not truly saved. They, um, they, they, a lot of times heard the gospel and were brought up in church and heard the gospel a lot and with a tender heart wanting to be saved um, at ages, very, very, very young ages. Sometimes um, uh, they're, they're pushed into saying, saying a, a prayer, a prayer that they don't understand. And um, I've met young people that, that, uh, that, that did not have a real clear recollection of their, of their salvation experience and, and went on in, in, into having many, many doubts, and in some cases even um, getting truly saved um, at, at a later date, at a time when they could make a, 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 a personal decision of faith. And again, I'm not trying to shake anybody's faith or attack anybody's salvation testimony, but um, getting saved is, is, a, is a big deal. Um, and and to, to get saved at whatever age you got saved at should have been a significant um, moment in your life it should be something that was a memorable experience. You may not remember the exact date, um, but you should remember the experience of it. I don't remember the exact date of my salvation, but I remember getting saved. Um, I remember who led me to Christ. I remember where I was, and I remember uh, what it felt like when that, that burden was was lifted from my heart when I when I trusted Christ as my Savior. And I think that that is something that we should all remember. Um, and, and again, um, some will have a, 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 uh, a belief and a profession that they are saved, but they will find themselves um, left behind uh, when the rapture happens. Um, the rapture is going to initiate the events of biblical prophecy concerning the end times uh, for, for the saved that go in the rapture. There is going to be a series of things that take place and some things that, again, as we go forward in this series, we're going to look at the details of some things that we can be preparing our hearts for. We can be preparing our, ourselves for um, uh, things of, of, of the judgment seat of Christ and um, uh, preparing ourselves and preparing our, our hearts for uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb and all of these things um, that will take place that that are initiated by the Lord's return in the rapture uh, for the lost, those, those who remain on the earth. The rapture of the church begins a period of tribulation on the earth of seven years. And um, again, while there's a, a temptation to focus on those, event, those events that take place here on the earth and concern the lost, um, those things don't particularly affect us. 
Uh, what we should be motivated, I think, by reading those is, again, that we would use our lives to make a difference for that time. The best thing that we can do is to be assured after, we can, after we're assured that we're not going to be there ourselves is to, is to prevent others from being there also. Um, taking an interest in the, the souls of others, um, understanding what, what they would go through if they, they lived into the tribulation. Um, sometimes I think those kinds of things are a little bit easier for us to, to visualize than, than simply the, the idea of an eternity separated from God in, in hell. Of course, that's going to be the worst part of anyone who dies separated from Christ and, and dies in their lost condition but it's hard for us to imagine that. But then what, the, what, what prophecy describes for us is sometimes a little bit easier for us to understand the horrors of. And whatever it might be that, that, that uh, uh, provokes you to, um, to, to, to care about souls, whatever it is that provokes you to, uh, to share the gospel, then let, it, let yourself be provoked to that. Um, and, uh, and, and rather than just being um, intellectually uh, stimulated by the ideas of, of what the book of Revelation is talking about, it'd be far better for us to see those things as something to um, help everyone avoid. As terrible as that's going to be, um, to, to, to be to be kind and to be um, gracious to our neighbors and, and help them avoid those events by sharing the gospel with them. And my, my emphasis in the series will be the events that we will experience and how we must prepare for them. Again, I would say that, that not all who claim to be saved um, have been saved and will, will have been saved. The Lord says in Matthew chapter 7, really toward the end of, of the uh, Sermon on the Mount, um, there, that there are going to be false professors. And they're not going to be, again, those who, who intentionally or knowingly were not genuinely saved. They're not going to be those that are false teachers and, and infiltrators of the church who are trying to cause problems and trying to corrupt doctrine. It won't be that kind of a situation. It'll be those who genuinely believed that they were uh, Christians and they, they were not. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, it says, Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. Then, uh, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. There's a lot of opinions about uh, this passage. I feel like um, the passage is clear though that the only reason that someone who thought they were saved was not actually saved is because they did not, as it says there, um, do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is that um, we would come to um, faith in Christ, that by grace um, and, and through faith we would be saved by Jesus Christ. And, and we would not um, attempt to... Uh, earn our salvation in any way through, through good works. Um, I, I think when you, you kind of read this, um, this, 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 this testimony um, that this lost, these lost people would give, they say, we have prophesied in thy name and we've cast out devils and we've done wonderful works. 
and the Lord will profess to them that he never knew them. And they were doing things that they thought were good and were right. There's obviously people that had a form of, of, of religion. They had um, a form of godliness, but they are like those that have that form of godliness, but deny the power of it. Um, and, and sadly, many religions, um, ostensibly Bible-based religions, Christian religions, have uh, have, have uh, taken taken the the simple message of the gospel and the simple truth of God's word, and they have built up um, a, a a religion of, of of man's doctrines and man's traditions all around it and through it, and it's it's something that uh, many people will be deceived into believing that um, in their church, in their religion, by uh, keeping the, the ordinances of, of their religious entity, that they will be saved. And they will believe that all of the things that they were doing, they were doing for Christ and in the name of Christ, and, and that it had some uh, ability to, to save them. And they, they, uh, they, they thought that it was going to um, provide for them a place in heaven. And the Lord is going to have to pronounce to those that because they never did the will of the Father, which was place their, their faith in Jesus Christ alone, that he never knew them. Sadly, many would be lost because their religion gets in the way of their faith. Their religion gets in the way of, uh, of, of, of God's simple plan of salvation in the word of God. These are not those who rebelliously rejected the Savior. These are not those who um, uh, heard the gospel and refused it. These are not those who turned away in anger and bitterness from the love of God. These are not those even who maybe never heard of Christ, of course. These are those who heard, but they heard a false gospel. They heard a, a false presentation uh, of, of what salvation is, and they never place their, their simple faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, eternal salvation is the priority. And, and tonight, just in, in opening this, we're told that this must uh, shortly come to pass. We're told that the time is at hand, and we, like every other generation of Christians, we believe that the Lord could return at any moment. And, and, and more and more, as we um, as we, we go further into the New Testament timeline, we know that we are getting closer to that day, whether that day is today or tomorrow or next year or a decade from now or a century from now. We know we're much closer um, than we've ever been before and, um, and that it could happen and that um, if there's anything at all that the Lord is, is, is being patient for, it is that more souls are being saved. It is that the Lord is good and he's gracious and he's patient and he waits for the precious fruit of the earth. And um, when, while there are souls getting saved, the Lord um, is, is, is delaying his coming and withholding his coming as long as he possibly uh, can do that. And the Lord knows the day or the hour. We don't, um, but it could happen at any, any moment. The thing we must do, and first and foremost, is, is be assured of our own salvation, that, it, that your own eternal soul is the priority, that you must uh, be assured that, that you know that you know that you know that you have trusted in Christ, 
2 Corinthians 13.5 commands us to examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except ye be reprobates. The Bible tells us that we can um, and only we can uh, ourselves know the state of our of our souls. Um, that if we are willing to be to be honest and we're willing to um, to let the Lord reveal in our hearts, the Lord will make it clear to us whether we are saved or not. I remember one preacher used to say uh, quite a bit something that I thought was very very helpful in this is that um, we all have times where we doubt our salvation. Um, the devil is the one who wants us to ask questions. If the Holy Spirit is convicting you that you are not saved, he doesn't ask questions. The Holy Spirit makes statements. The Holy Spirit is convicting you tonight and, and, and pressing on your heart that you are not saved. Um, respond to that. Now, if it's simply just um, the devil trying to put doubts in your mind so that um, that you will be an ineffective Christian, that's a different thing. I want to talk about that here in a moment. But if the Holy Spirit is um, is is putting his finger on your heart and telling you, you are not saved. You need to get that taken care of. You need to place your faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And that'd be the greatest decision you ever make. And I know that the church would be um, just ecstatic for you um, to get that settled in your heart. So there's evidences and assurances that we, we can have um, to know that we're saved. God, God not only wants to save you, he wants you to, to live with the, the confidence and the joy um, and the comfort and the peace of mind that comes with that salvation. Um, you can have um, these assurances that you are saved so that when the devil comes around, um, you, can, um, uh, you, can, uh, you can answer back again those doubts. Most, most Christians that I, I know, um, more established and mature Christians that I know, have gone through times and periods um, of doubting their salvation, seasons of doubt, and, 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 um, and had to come through that and, and come through that having gotten some, some answers and having found some, some, some clear assurances to point to so that they could go forward in, in victory, not doubting salvation, not, not rehashing those, 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 those first things about the Christian life, but moving on to um, greater works that God has for us. And I want to uh, encourage you to, to, to do that also. If you're doubting your salvation, get those answers and get it settled in your heart and, and let's move on from there to, to, uh, to other things. So there are evidences and assurances that we are saved. First, as I said earlier, uh, you should have a memory of hearing the gospel and believing. You, you should um, have a memory of your salvation experience. Um, examine, if you don't have a, a clear memory of when you got saved, examine why that might be. Uh, try to understand why that could be that, that um, something so significant, something so important, um, something so life-changing um, didn't make a memorable impression on you. I, I would dare say that that's um, something worth um, thinking about, something worth examining, something worth um, uh, being challenged with because salvation is in, important. It is important. Um, it, is a, it is a step of faith, but it is one that um, begins a new life. It should be, it should be a, a, a memorable experience of, of hearing, hearing the gospel and, and putting your faith in Jesus Christ. 
there should be a memory of that. Um, <clears throat> if you've felt the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, that is an evidence of salvation. There's many ways in which the Holy Spirit works in our lives. Uh, we've talked about this in, in, in series past, but the Holy Spirit is very involved in our lives and uh, the day-to-day um, of our lives. The Holy Spirit um, ministers in our hearts in various ways. And if the Holy Spirit is working in your life in any way other than to convict your heart for your need of salvation, you are saved. You might not right now in your, your heart and your spirit say, I, you know, I know that I'm filled with the Spirit. Um, you Maybe one of the reasons, one of the, the most uh, common reasons why Christians doubt their salvation is because um, we're not really living a, a, a sanctified, uh, uh, committed life to the Lord. We have those times where we, um, we, we, we grow cold in our hearts. We grow stubborn in our hearts. We grow, um, uh, uh, we, we grow hard-hearted and, and rebellious even. There are times where we backslide. There's all these things that take place. Um, the Bible says uh, of, of the last days in particular, because iniquity abounds, the, the love of many shall wax cold. I think we've all felt that before. And many times that leads to the, 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 the kinds of doubt um, towards our salvation that I'm talking about tonight. Um, many will say, well, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm saved because I don't, I don't feel very saved. I don't feel very, very, very spiritual or very godly. I don't feel very righteous. I feel like I'm just not living for the Lord. That's a very different conversation than, I nev- than, than one who can say, I, I've never trusted Christ as my Savior. So if you felt the, the work of the Holy Spirit in your life at all, that's an evidence of salvation. If you felt his leading, if you felt him uh, guiding you and directing you in any way, if you uh, felt him uh, convicting your heart, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that's maybe not um, the most pleasant thing, but it also in, in a way is comforting because the Holy Spirit only convicts his own of, of sin. The, the lost don't feel conviction. They might feel, um, they might feel guilt. They might feel um, uh, social or societal pressure uh, if they do something that is really, um, really unacceptable. But um, just in, in, in general terms of, 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 of what some would call like smaller, smaller sins, uh, the, the lost don't feel convicted about that. They don't feel um, convicted about, about doing um, little things wrong. If you're a Christian, um, you will feel conviction about those things. And the Lord has ever worked in your heart um, to, uh, to, to, to prove and reprove things to you and, and show you where you're wrong and to show you what is right. The Holy Spirit does that work. It's a sign that you're, you're saved. If you've ever felt the comfort of the Lord, if you've felt the strength of the Lord, if you've ever felt the peace of the Lord, if you've ever felt the, the fruit of the Spirit being produced in your life, of love and joy and peace and long-suffering and goodness and gentleness and faith and meekness and temperance. Um, that is a product of the Holy Spirit. If you've ever felt the wisdom of God um, in, in, a, in an important um, life decision, that's a work of the Lord in your life. He does not do these things for the lost. We go back to uh, that of chastisement. The Bible says that the, the Lord, uh, whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. And chasteneth, chasteneth every son in whom he delighted. That's in Hebrews. The Lord doesn't do that for the lost. Um, the Lord, uh, Holy Spirit is only working in the lives of the Christian. If you've ever felt the empowering or the enabling of the Holy Spirit, if you've ever felt um, the, the, 
the spiritual gifting that he, he's given to you, um, those service gifts to the church, um, ways in which um, you um, uh, find your, your place in the body of Christ where you can um, use your, your time and your, your talents and your, your energies and your, um, your, your gifts in order to serve the, the body and to, to serve the Lord in, in the context of the body. That is a work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's times where you're doubting you look to the work that the Holy Spirit's done in your life. If you've seen, um, if you've seen answers to prayer, the Lord is under no obligation to um, answer the prayers of the lost. Um, if you've seen your me- needs met, the Lord is under no obligation to meet the needs of, uh, of the devil's children. If you've, uh, if you've felt spiritual desire for the word of God and, and for prayer and for church, um, sometimes that, that waxes and wanes and it certainly will over the course of life and the course of experience that our, our spiritual desire comes and goes at times. But if you feel it at all, if you've ever felt it before, that's a work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's that's a evidence of salvation. Um, only the saved have a desire for the word of God. Only the saved have um, a, a desire and an impulse um, uh, to pray. Only the saved have a a, an understanding in, in a desire for um, uh, participation in, in the church, in the body of Christ. The Bible says that in First John, that one of the ways that we know that we are Christ is that we love one another and we have a love for the brethren. We, we feel at home with other Christians and we feel more at home in the church and with other Christians than we feel out in the world. Um, even, uh, and I think uh, one of the, the ironies of, of those who um, who are saved and, and who turn to the world, to turn back to the world, is that once you are saved, you will never fully feel at home and comfortable and um, and and a, a part of the world ever again. Uh, you'll never be able to enjoy the the experiences of the world the way that you once could have if you had not gotten saved. Now, again, I would say it was more than worth it to be saved than it is to live in the pleasures of sin for a season. But understand that um, uh, as a Christian, you are going to no longer fit in with the world entirely. No matter how worldly you become, you'll never fit in with the world entirely. And there will always be something in your heart that um, that, that that reminds you that your place is in the body of Christ and with um, with the, the the family of God. And my intention tonight again is not to shake anyone's faith. My intention tonight is to challenge you to get the assurance of salvation that you need. The Lord put His finger on your heart and said, "You're not saved. Get saved. Just take care of it." If you've been struggling with doubt, and I know that this is something that we've all experienced at times, and maybe some of you are dealing with it right now, if this is something that you're dealing with, then let's grab hold of, of these, these assurances, these evidences out of the Word of God and, 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 and understand them for what they are. Evidence of salvation, salvation that once you are saved, you can never be unsaved. Evidence is that you are in the hand of God um, and uh, you are eternally his own. You are a child of God. And though you may not be living like a child of God, it does not mean you are not one. And, uh, and understand that you are saved so that you can move on to preparing in other ways. I found that in a, in a, in a period of, of struggling with 
with doubting my own salvation, I found that in being so concerned and so consumed with thoughts of whether or not I was saved and doubting that the way that I had, that I could not really make, bring myself to care whether anybody else was saved or not. I was, uh, I was so busy chasing my own tail, spiritually speaking, that I, I couldn't focus on anything else. You know, the devil would love to preoccupy your mind and your heart and your attention on you. He, he, if he's already lost, if he's already lost the battle and, and you've been saved, he can't do anything to reclaim your soul for his, for his side. But he would love to prevent you from making a difference in anyone else's life. He'd love to prevent you from being uh, any, any, in any way at all an effective Christian um, doing something for the Lord. And he will do that by um, getting you preoccupied and consumed with, absolutely consumed with, with doubting your salvation. As we start tonight in this series, are you, are you ready? Are you ready for eternity? Are you ready for the trumpet? It starts with knowing you're saved, but once you know you're saved, then we can go on into some other things, um, some ways that we can prepare for that judgment seat of Christ, some, some, some ways in which we can prepare for the, the merits of the land, ways that we can prepare for um, uh, the millennial uh, kingdom um, and our part that we'll have in that. But until we are um, dead sure of our salvation, we're not going to really have the, the attention for those things. And so that's the challenge for us here tonight. I want to thank you for um, tuning in. Let's go ahead and, and say a word of prayer. And let me encourage you, if you've got um, some questions about that, let's speak to someone. Um, you can give me a, a, a call. Um, we can talk. You can talk to someone in your home. You can talk to your parents, um, your spouse, um, one of the other men or ladies in the church. But let's get these things taken care of. And um, let's, uh, let's certainly be assured of our own salvation um, so that we can move on to uh, uh, the other areas and other aspects of the Christian life that we're called to make a difference in. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and close with that. And, and let's close.